You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Genesis chapter 1. Now this morning we spoke about the law of Genesis. How many of you were here? Let me just see your hand. Now if you didn't make it, we do have it available on podcasts on our live stream platform. Make sure you go and get a hold of that because we spoke about the integrity of God's Word. And the law of Genesis, you could also say the law of beginnings or the law of like begetting like. In other words, the way God has created the system is that He speaks and that once it's spoken, it goes into existence and that which He has produced will always produce after its same kind. When he said tree B, whatever that tree was, if he said there was an orange tree, from that time forth, that orange tree would always produce oranges. And there's sufficient seed in those oranges to make sure that the very first orange tree ever spoken by God back in the Garden of Eden is still producing oranges around the world today. It is that perpetual movement and development and expansion and growth that seed always produces more than it did before. And that same seed is given to us. Where everything that God created, He said, let every, every creature bring forth after its own kind. And so we know that if cats are going to have anything, they're going to have cats. If dogs have anything, they're going to have dogs. As I said this morning, you can even put different dogs together. They don't produce a lion. You're going to get another dog. Even though it's a mix of a dog, it's still going to produce dogs. But the same way you and I have been given the very seed of God's Word. Everybody say, like begets like. And God said in chapter 1, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Hallelujah. So... If God spoke to the ground and brought forth animals, He spoke to the water, brought forth fish, and spoke to the ground and brought forth trees. When it came to man, He spoke and said, Let us make man according to our image. You've been created in the image of God. Quite literally, when you're born again, the Bible says you are the offspring of God. What does that mean? God birthed you from His Spirit. And if like produces like, you have been birthed in the God species of being. Now, you're not God. There's only one God. And He is the sovereign supreme being. But you and I are born as sons and daughters of God. And He said the same way that He has dominion, He's given us dominion over all of creation. And so we saw this like begetting like. Everybody say like begetting like. Jesus was out one day and He saw a tree in the distance and he wanted to get figs from it. It was a fig tree. And it had leaves, which means that uh, the, the, the way that tree produced, if it had leaves, it, it was saying, I have figs. That was its communication. And we know it was communicating because when Jesus went to look and he picked up the leaves, he saw there were no figs there. And then the word says that he answered the tree. You only answer if you've already received something. And so he answered the tree and said, no one eat fruit from you ever again. Notice he didn't talk about the tree. 
He didn't tell his disciples, this tree is never going to produce again. He spoke directly to the tree. No one eats fruit from you ever again. And then he walked away and just left it. And then, as you know, the account, Peter saw that the tree was dried up. And he said, Lord, the master, the, master, the tree is died, dried up from the roots. And you notice Jesus' response was, well, I'm Jesus. This is what I do. I am the one that does these things. Don't you go and try and do these things because I am the great one. Is that what he said? What did he say? Mark 11 verse 22. Jesus answered them and said, have faith in God. Have faith in God. Now, remember, we're talking now in the context of the law of Genesis. So if we're saying like begets like, and I've just watched Jesus do something, and then he turns and says, now you have faith in God. Now, you study that, those Greek words out. He literally was saying, you have faith the way God has it. Amen. Have the God kind of faith. See, the Bible says that we know that by faith, God framed all of creation. And he upholds all things by the word of his power. How did God create? He said. He spoke. God said, and so it was so. God said, and so he created. God said, and thus he made. And so the same way Jesus is saying, now you do the same. You have the same capacity of faith. Well, he confirms that in verse 23. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever. Now, whoever's here, put your hand up. Bump your name and say, that's you. Look at that. You are right there in the book. This is not just Jesus anymore. He says, whoever says to the mountain. Now we've moved from trees to mountains. Whoever says to the mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that the things he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. Lift your hand and say, Jesus said. Not some new age guru. Say, Jesus said. He said, if I speak to something, it will obey it. It will obey me. If I believe what I say happens. Were those the words of Jesus? You don't have to say, oh, that's that, that's that word of faith, people. No, this is Jesus himself speaking. And Paul said, this is that which we preach, the word of faith. And so he goes on to verse 24. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe you receive them and you. There's no maybes there. You will have them. You will have them. You see, Psalm 107 verse 20 tells us God sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. God sent his word. You and I didn't come up with the idea to be healed. We didn't come up with the idea to be prosperous. We didn't come up with the idea to be blessed. God said, I am almighty God and I will bless you and bless you that you will be a blessing to nations. Isn't that what he said to Abraham? 
Well, the Bible tells us that if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and you are a co-heir. You, you inherit exactly the same promise. And so you are blessed. That was God's idea. He sent his word to heal. He sent his word to heal. Notice he didn't say he healed them. He sent his word to do the healing. Because if you have a look at Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, God says, My thoughts are your, not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Now, if he stopped there, we could say, well, you know, God's ways are just higher than our ways, and you're never going to really understand or know why God does things, and it's just the will of God, and you never know what God's going to do. But he didn't stop there. He said, as the rain comes down from the it comes down in the snow from the heaven and do not return there, but they water the earth and make it bring forth and bud that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. Now listen to this. The word will accomplish what I please. I send my word. My ways are higher than your ways, but I'm not making it so that it's not accessible to you. I'm taking my ways that are higher and I deliver them to you through my word. But once that word comes to you, it won't just bounce back unaccomplished. It'll carry out the reason I sent it. It'll accomplish what I please and it will prosper in the thing for which I sent it. The very fact that God said it means he wants it to happen. He wants it more than you do. I said, God wants it more than you do. Okay, I just sense I need to say that a few times because I'm, I'm just getting through some hard cracks here. I said, God wants you to have it more than you do. Who am I talking to? Somebody that has said, God, how can't you see I'm in trouble? God, can't you see I need help? God, can't you? I know you've never done that. I'm just putting it there so it's on record. You can give it to the person that you know moan that day. But I know I was there as well. God, I don't understand this. I've been speaking your word. I've been saying, hang on. Are you the one that decided to be healed? How dare you believe for healing? I didn't just wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm going to trust God for healing today. No, I didn't know that because I was brought up in a church that said all the gifts have passed away. And, you know, and you can pray if it's your will, but just, you know, just leave it up to God. And if it doesn't, no is also an answer. Can you give me a scripture for that, please? Because I'll go with you if you give me a scripture. Because the word I found out when I studied is he said, all my promises are yes and amen. Why is that so? Because he's a God of integrity. If he said it, he's obligated himself. So God's not going to give you a promise and then say, hey, I was just kidding, just teasing you. God doesn't, he's, he's love. Love will never tease you. He'll never allow himself to be mocked. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he will reap. Isn't that right? He's programmed into the seed the desired harvest. 
And so, you know, if, if, he, if you go ahead and you plant a seed, if you decide you want tomatoes, you just have to find tomato seed somewhere. And you get that tomato seed and put it in the ground, that tomato seed will produce tomatoes every time. You'd be shocked if watermelons came up. There was something wrong with the packet. They said there's tomatoes in here. Isn't that right? No, you believe the manufacturer. If you see the picture of tomatoes, it is written. It is written. Look at that. There's tomatoes on this packet. Now you can eat the packet. It's not going to feed you. You take the seed. You're not going to get juicy tomatoes. You have to put that seed in the ground. But if you put it in the ground, what is written will manifest. Amen. The tomato will come out exactly like it's on that picture. Because that's how seed works. And so God has given you the privilege of doing exactly the same thing. He's given his word and he trusts and he watches over that word and he makes sure that that word will come to pass. You've got to get a hold of that. I said you've got to get a hold of that. See, when I find a scripture that God has given a promise and I receive that word. Remember, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now, fed my spirit man with that word. It produces the spiritual force, as we discussed this morning. If you eat food into your physical body, you eat physical food. It produces a physical force called strength. You take intellectual food and you feed it to your soul, your mind then what it does is it produces a force called willpower. Now, the same way in the realm of the spirit, you feed your spirit with the word of God, faith comes. And that faith is where Jesus said, if you have faith, you can apply it to a mountain. Just the same way, if I've got physical strength, I can apply it to this pulpit and it will move. If I put sufficient strength into it, I can push this thing over. So the same way you apply that force of faith, it goes to work. It's not me deciding I want it. I don't just randomly say, God, please give me something. No, I find the promise of God's word. And if I find that God has said it, he sent his word to heal. Then when I take that word, receive it by faith, and I speak it, it is no longer Alan Bagg speaking. You hearing my voice. My vocal cords are being activated. It's my breath pushing the words out. But when those words come out, it is the word of God. It's just as good as if God himself spoke at that moment. And do you imagine Jesus speaking to a tree and saying, no one eat fruit from you ever again. And the tree says, hey, who do you think you are? Do, can, you ever see can you ever see a tree back chatting Jesus? Have you ever found a demon back-chatting Jesus? They've panicked when he showed up. Freaked out. I mean, he hadn't even got to casting them out. Before you cast us out, we need somewhere to go. Put us in the pigs. They knew they were going out. They didn't say, hang on, we're we staying. No, if Jesus showed up, every person was delivered. He healed how many? How many? How many? How many? There's no one he said, well, let's just trust God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Just no. Every person he applied his faith to was healed. Yeah, but that's Jesus. Uh -uh, hang on now. He said, you will do the same works I did and greater. Did he say that? See, family God, God has designed you to multiply and to increase. 
Remember Luke 8, 11, the seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Even the tomato seed is a physical natural seed that will produce a natural tomato. That natural tomato that you're looking for came out of a seed, but that seed came from a tree, seed, tree, seed, tree, seed, tree, back to the very word God spoke. So when God wants to manifest, there are times that you will have to sow something in the natural to produce the natural outcome, but that natural seed has to be backed up by the living word of God, the spoken word. The beginning of it is the word of God. Say that the word of God is seed. And then God says in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 12, look at the amplified version. He says, you have seen while I am alert and active watching over my word to perform it. Some people think if they shout loud enough, God will answer. If they cry enough, he'll be moved. If they, you know, moan enough. He didn't say, I watch over my, your moaning. You can't make God feel bad enough that eventually he will move. Why? Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God is not moved until he hears his word. But the moment he hears his word, he goes into action. He says, I'm alert. I'm listening. I'm listening for faith in the earth. You and I have the privilege of speaking that word. And if we do, we trust God for what he said. We'll see it happen. Have a look at Matthew, uh, Mark. Mark chapter 16. Listen to this. Mark chapter 16. Jesus said to them. This is just before he leaves the planet. He says, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. He who does not believe will be condemned. Isn't that interesting? We thought we only saved because we're good people. People go to hell because they're bad. And they committed sins. That's not what he said. Every sin has been paid for. I said every sin has been paid for. I, I had to check this morning as well. Is this the Bay Christian Family Church? I don't know if I took a wrong turn somewhere because normally the Bay Christian Family Church goes with the word. I just want to check. Sound check. Is this the Bay? Phew. Notice. He doesn't say those who have sinned will be condemned. Every sin has been paid for. When Jesus died on that cross, he was made to be sin. And in his death, he said, it is finished. The words used in the Greek is tetelesta, paid in full. There's no more payment for us to do. It's not like the Old Testament where we had to lament and mourn and cover ourselves with ashes and sacrifice animals and prove to God we're really sorry. No, he says Jesus paid the full price for our sin. And when you come to Jesus and you receive him as your Lord and Savior, you are already forgiven. Amen. Hallelujah. And so it's in that belief that you are saved. The only reason people land up going to hell is because they reject that payment. It's through unbelief. 
There it says, those that who believe will be saved, those who do not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. So I suppose the only question left here then is, how many of you believe? Can I see your hand? Bump your neighbor and say, there you are again. What qualifies you for this? That's it. You don't have to be an apostle or a pastor. or You don't have to make sure you're in church at least 50% of the time. And you don't have to make sure that you follow a bunch of rules. You don't have to read your Bible half an hour every day and pray for two hours. You know, there you go. And next moment you call and God says, I can't help you today. You've got 59 minutes. You confessed 357 times. I needed just three more and you would have been on point. Is that what he said? These signs will follow those who believe. That's your qualification. Believe. What signs will follow? They will cast out demons. Not just your pastor. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They, who they? The believers will take up serpents and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. Now I like to put in there those that drink or breathe in anything deadly. How you know sometimes if you can't drink, they put a pipe through your nose and they feed you that way. Well, the same way if any little chokhachi comes along, little virus or whatever, and lands up landing on my nose or through my mouth, uh, it's not going to harm me. I believe that this body is a faith-charged, anointing-packed, power-filled, ignited, word-ignited, living spirit, the Holy Spirit quickening my mortal body, and if anything tries to land on me, it dies instantly. But you see, you have to feed that into your spirit. You have to feed that. You have, to, you have to fuel it. How do you fuel it? Faith comes by? Hearing. Hearing by the word of God. Hallelujah. That's why we pray over our meals. You don't pray over your meal just because now that I'm a Christian, we just pray. You know, you get these people that pray the, the, these clandestine, undercover prayers. You know, they're in a restaurant and they, they feel embarrassed. They don't really want... You can call them headache prayers. You know what a headache prayer is? They're sitting at the table and now it's time the food's arrived. So like, and then, what was that about? And then people pray prayers like, Lord, bless the hands that made it. I never understood that. Why are we just blessing the hands? Don't you want to bless the person? Bless the hands that made the food and bless it to our bodies for Jesus' sake. Amen. Jesus is not eating it. Why are you praying for his sake? I'm praying for my sake. It's amazing what we've come up with religiously. Amen. I've been, I, I work in a restaurant when I was a student and I've seen what happens back there in the kitchens I know what can happen you know something lands up on the floor Oops, put it 
And you can put that in front of me. I don't know who spat on that. I don't know where that food's been. I, I've got to pray for my sake. And I'm not doing this quiet. Every demon needs to hear. I speak to this food. And Father, I thank you. This food is sanctified in the name of Jesus. Amen. And if anybody looks at me, I say, you want to join us? Let's pray. Let's pray together. I'll pray with you. Amen. I've had it where waiters come on. They're like, oops. And they say, yeah, let's pray. And I've, and I've seen waiters close their eyes and pray with us. What is that? that that's a speaking. I, I need to declare the word. Nothing evil will harm me. Hallelujah. They, who they? Who's that? Who? You? Well, lay hands on the sick. What will happen? Doesn't say you'll recover them. I don't know if I can pray for the sick. What if it doesn't work? I tell you, I, in my early days, I sometimes prayed for somebody and they died within two weeks. You think, what? I didn't, I felt like I don't want to pray for someone else. Just now I killed him as well. <laughs> you know, no, it's like, it, it wasn't my fault. No, no, I, don't be put off by that. They lay hands on the sick. What will happen? The healing is God. He will watch over His word to perform it. He will watch over His word to perform it. Amen? How many you want to see someone raised from the dead? Okay, drop your hand. How many you prayed for someone to raise from the dead? Oh. Now, hang on. Just, I need to counter that. Don't go to every funeral now and pull the guy out the box and say, love in Jesus. You know, we could kind of. No, it must be as you led by the Spirit. Amen. Jesus didn't raise every dead person. It was just Lazarus. And he knew he needed to do something. And he had a purpose. And he said, this thing is not unto death. But you understand what I'm saying. But I, we have a testimony. And somebody that was a long years ago when Pastor Steve Barry was still pastoring city. And there was the youth pastor and he was driving down the highway and there was a car accident and he just heard it in his spirit, get out and go pray for the people. And he got out and there were people all over and the ambulance was helping them and he saw someone lying under the blanket with the blanket over them. In other words, that, they, they've, they've passed, he's gone. And he said, Who's, is that person? He said, no, they're gone. He said, do you mind if I pray for them? And they said, yeah, sure. And they thought he was going to go do the priest thing, the last rites, you know. And so uh, he walked up and he just put his hand on him and said, you love in Jesus' name. And as he spoke that word, God took a breath. He pulled the blanket off and this guy came back to life. Now, that's what we're talking about. We are a demonstration of God's power. And we've already spoken about where the word says that things that seem impossible to man, with God, all things are possible. Now, how is this possible? Verse 19. So the Lord, then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven, sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out and preached. Where? Everywhere. Now listen to this. The Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. So we don't do it for signs 
purposes. We don't need to show off. God does the signs to confirm, to prove his word is yes and amen. I don't have to prove God. He is big and strong enough to prove himself. And he will do things that I'm incapable of doing in my natural flesh. But if I trust him, he will produce the signs to confirm the word. Now, I want you to notice something. How many of you have a printed Bible with you? If you have a look, it says they went out, preached everywhere, the Lord working with. Now, that word, them, is it italics in your Bible? Let me see. If, if the them is in italics in your Bible, just lift up your hand. I just need some confirming witnesses. Just lift up, lift up your hands. Just not everyone saying, yeah, you see. No, no. Help me confirm my word. Did <laughs> you see the hands? Now, if you don't believe it, find a good printed Bible where, where you know, it has the King James or whatever like that. And you'll see that them is in italics. Now, the Bible students amongst us, what does that mean? The reason you see italics in your Bible is that they trans the Bible's written, the Old Testament, mainly in Hebrew. And then the New Testament in Greek, mainly. And there's also Aramaic verses. But in the translation, how you know sometimes you translate something directly and it doesn't always make sense. So as the translator, you may, due to cultural reasons or the way things are phrased, you may need to just rephrase it slightly so that you understand what was said. And so what they would do is they sometimes, in translating, looks like words are missing. There should have been a word there. But it's implied in the Hebrew, and so maybe it's meant this, and then they'll put the word in. So it's that you know which words are added, they put it in italics. In other words, the italics was not in the original text written by the, the writer. So it was added at the discretion of the person translating it. So if it's not in the original and it's been added, I can also take it out. You decided to add it, but you didn't write the book. So if you added it, I'm going to read it without it. You getting this? So let's take that word and look at the them. They went out and preached everywhere. The Lord working with. Now the them is in italics. So we can put a slight pencil line through. Because it's true, the Lord does work with us. Yeah. But I'm just going to, for now, strike them out. And let's read it without the them. They went out and preached. Now, what do you think they preached? The Word of God. And so as they preached the Word of God, the Lord worked with and confirming the Word. The Lord worked until they spoke. He did nothing. But when they spoke the Word, He worked with the Word and confirmed that word. How? Through signs and wonders. See, family of God, I want you to renew your mind right now. God has placed in you the ability to produce His miracles. You're not the one, you're not the miracle worker. You are the one that's designed to birth those promises. And so He gives you the promise, you take it and then go preach it. Tell people. 
Jesus has healed you. Don't say, let's see if Jesus will heal you. No, if someone has a problem, a sickness or disease, tell them God sent his word to heal you. And that word's already at work and he's already healed you. And so I want you to know I'm going to lay hands on you now and God's going to confirm that he's healed you through that word. Now, what have you done? All pressure's off you. And that's when you see God manifesting. That's where you see the power of God showing up. Family of God, this is how people will see that we serve a living God. What makes Christianity so different? Why is it we say to people, you need to serve Jesus? Or, you need to come to my church. The, you know, praise and worship's awesome there. Nowhere does it say that if there's great praise and worship, you're in the right church. I want to go somewhere because the pastor preaches well. What happens if you're in a town and the guy that preaches is half asleep, but it's still the word? You need to be in the word. I said you need to be in the word. No, those aren't the reasons. The gospel is the power to salvation. That's what sets the kingdom of God separate from any other religion. Is that people can come to the gospel and know. If you need healing, you get down to the Bay Christian Family Church. You're going to be healed. If you need deliverance, you get to the church of Jesus Christ. He will deliver you. If you need provision, you trust God and His Word and you will see His provision. And when people see that, signs and wonders confirming the Word. We're not just preaching empty words from a platform. We're not just preaching feel-good messages. This is the living gospel of Jesus Christ. Spirit and life. Life to those who find them and health to their flesh. And you take that word. You see, this is not just about a feel-good and a, and a hyped-up message and preach something else. And there's all kinds of weird things coming out these days. No, we're going to stay with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And never get bored with it. Everybody's looking for the newest revelation and the newest move and the newest. No. When the first church moved out and started preaching this gospel, they didn't have Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians. Paul wasn't even born again yet. He's still busy killing Christians. But they knew one thing. Jesus died and resurrected, and Christ available to us, and He would work with us. And when we take His word, He will use that word, and He will perform it, and He'll prove and confirm that word through signs and wonders. And so when they were attacked for preaching the gospel, all they did was just lift their hands and say, Father, look, you can see them threatening us. So grant us that with all boldness, we can speak this word again. Because you will watch over it. And as they spoke that word, once again, signs, wonders, power hit that church. You want to see power in your life? Take up the word of God. Speak the word. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Lay hands on the sick confidently. And not be moved by what you see after that. 
you leave it in the hands of God. He will prove that word. Hallelujah. Amen. Did you get something tonight? Come on, give Jesus praise for his word. Let's stand together. Thank you, Jesus. Just raise your hands. Just raise your hands in his presence. Just worship him. That word is at work. That word is at work. That word is at work. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.